All right, folks, this is Rabble Rouse and Rich Bergeron. This is Tornado, Tony Pencow. And Psychic Tom, Tom Paget, on the job. And this is uh, a little bit of a redo from last week. We got Joseph Allegale on uh, the broadcast tonight. And uh, we had Phil Agreco on earlier today. It's going to be a separate broadcast. Uh, they're both fighting each other June 12th. Tune in, Bounce TV. And uh, both looking for big opportunities at uh, Super Welterweight, I believe, is the weight. And uh, both got some pretty tough records. Uh, Phil has uh, got only two losses, Errol Spence Jr. and Sean Porter. And uh, we talked about both those guys. Good fighter. And uh, Tony will like uh, Phil's nickname as the Italian Sensation. <coughs> I like it. Absolutely. Born, uh, he re resides in Toronto, Ontario. Has a lot of his fights in uh, Montreal, Quebec area. And uh, fought in New Jersey, Las Vegas, uh, Budapest, Hungary, Germany, Italy, uh, and Vegas, of course. Uh, also in uh, Washington State. And now he's going to fight uh, Joseph in Florida. So uh, we'll talk to Joseph again. Um, it's going to be a pretty sweet interview because we've already done it once. So, we'll do it better this time, I'm sure. Uh, but we got a lot of uh, other stuff to talk about. Big news this week. Lots of important shit going down. Um, Phil's, Phil's interview went pretty well. Um, he, gave, he gave Joseph a lot of respect, but you know, was very confident as well that he was going to get the win. So, that's uh, going to be uh, June 12th at the Lakeland Event Center in Lakeland, Florida. You like my background music? I do. <laughs> Can you guys hear that bird? <laughs> I'm giving you the bird. <laughs> yeah. I, I just also sent you guys an email. Yeah. You guys are going to be impressed. <laughs> we got a new tornado on the um, horizon. Yeah, awesome. And, and what's the best way to fight like the tornado? Lots of hooks. That's it. But who, 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 to fight like the tornado, who would be the best person to learn from? Uh, Tony. There you go. Right from the original. Exactly. Well, I just sent you pictures of my uh, my latest training. So uh, tell like us a little while uh, we're like waiting for gloves. stuff to load up here, Tony, about your second appearance on the Hank Cisco show as your alter ego there. You liked that, didn't you? It was good. I mean, I didn't watch the entire, entire thing, but I did watch a lot of it before I got distracted by something else. And, but it was uh, pretty entertaining, let me tell you. Well, I'll tell you, um, last night, and um, Rich, if you can, if I send you the link, if I sent you the link to that, would you be able to post that on the site as well? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, definitely, you know, hey, any any um, traffic we can get out there, big cross-promotional thing, you know, the tornado is a man of many talents. Well, the other well, night, Hank had emailed show. me, he said, hey, we're having this dinner uh, last night, um, Wednesday night, and he has down in Norristown, about 25 minutes from where I live, right around the corner from my friend's house. He goes, we would like you to attend. And I'm like, okay, going to dinner, a little 
you know, he's got like an Italian club that he has. And I'm like, well, Italian's my people, you know, great. And I'm like thinking, oh, should I wear a shirt and tie? Should I wear one of my sequin tuxedos? And so I'm asking him, and he's like, no, I want you there in your Phillies gear. And I'm like, are, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And he goes, and I want you to be one of our, he's like, he goes, we're going to have a few people get up and, you know, give like maybe like a two or three minute talk. You know, I'm like Don King. You know, it's hard to keep me to two or three minutes, as you know, as you guys well know. Um, but so we we get there, and you know, we're sitting at a meeting, and I'm meeting people, and I'm talking to people. So then, half out there, and he gets the mic starts going. You know, and you can see that's a charismatic man right there. And so he's introducing people, and he's telling jokes, and he has people laughing, and he saves me for laughs. And then I get up there, and. Um, you know, we talked about a few things. Uh, once again, talked about, you know, uh, the, the need for respect in this world and, you know, really trying to get it, especially the you know, younger generations to learn how to, you know, show respect out there, show confidence in yourself. Um, and I got a standing ovation, which, you know, I was, I was happy with. And I had sat at the lead table last night. And at the table with us, I'm going to send you guys a link for this guy. He's the only deaf magician in the United States, a guy by the name of Sam Sandler, and I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, and I know everything's an illusion and all that, and you have little tricks on how to do it, and you don't want to give away magician secrets and all that, he had me floored on how good he was, I mean, the one trick he did, and I was, you know, part of it, he dollar bills, and he, and he can show he kept showing, he kept folding over, folding over, folding over, and he kept showing everything to everybody. Hey, you see the front, you see the back, right? He goes, I'm going to combine them into one. And he unfolded it and handed me a brand new $2 bill. Mm-hmm. And then the other one he did was they had a box, uh, like a big wooden box. And his uh, 17-year-old daughter, his, his assistant, she shackled him, you know, um, around his arms, like almost like a pair of like, something like handcuffs. And she put him on like a, like a silver plastic sleeping bag looking thing and put a shackle around his, like his neck to his wrists and put him in the box and four padlocks um, on, the, on the box. And padlocked it all four sides. And she got a curtain and stood on top of the box. And she pulled the curtain up over her head, pulled it down, and she yelled one. She pulled the curtain back up over her head. Two seconds later, she pulled it down, and it was him yelling, too. And he pulled the curtain down. He got off the box. He opened the four padlocks, and there was his daughter in the box, in sleeping bag, shackled. In a matter of three seconds. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. So I've definitely got to get you guys a link to that, because he's been touring the country. And, oh, wow. Speaking know, of touring the country, uh, Tony has been uh, Philly fanaticking all over uh, the, the uh, Hank Cisco show. And uh, that's pretty cool. That uh, interview was went pretty well. And uh, I got an interv- I got an idea for your uh, slogan that you should use for uh, your, your uh, Give Up a Seat program. Just tell me, please. Call it uh, giveaseat.com instead of give a shit, you know, giveaseat.com. 
Good, nice and safe. Well, I'm not saying, and, and I made it. I made it a week today on the train. And as you guys know, well, yesterday I didn't have to take the train because I worked from home. Because I had to be at the uh, event at six o'clock, so I got to work from home yesterday, which is great. Got up in the morning, slept in an hour, you know, because I didn't have to leave my house at six thirty, two hours before my shift starts. So I got up, did about a two mile walk with my dad. And, you know, we just hung out, we talked, you know, did a walk, and then during the lunch break. I went down and I did nine rounds, three shadow boxing, six on the bag. Started my push-up challenge, nice. And um, and then um, I went back up to finish, finish my day. I'm getting intimidated. Uh, four thirty, showered up, went to dinner. It was beautiful. Uh, today went back to the city and I'm on the train ride home, and I could already see the weight to get on the train on the way home. I could see there was a lot of people, more than usual. And I'm like, this isn't going to be good. And they had these new trains that they have that had 10 less seats per car. So there's six cars. It is about, mm, what's that, about 60 less seats, which I think is idiotic. So I saw it. I didn't even sit down. I said, why sit down when then I'm just going to stand up at the next stop anyway when we pick up, you know, a couple hundred more people? I said, why, why, why even sit down? Then I'm thinking, you know what, after people are getting on, I'm like, I should sit down for that one stop just for the reason of if a lot of, you know, younger guys push their way on up in front and then they take the seats. Yeah. I know I can give a seat up to somebody. So if there's, you know, so many open seats and, and I'm in one and I, and I give it to a woman instead of having four guys rush on and get the four open seats. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm thinking every day, every day. Um, and it all comes down to respect. That's what I said last night at the um, event. Give a seat. That's all you have to say. And then hashtag it. Give a seat on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, really? Um, no, it's funny. Um, a week ago, I oh, took no, the train, train, which I take every day. But then I had to take the subway because I was going to South Philly. So I got on the subway. And on the subway, they have a sign. The subway has a sign, and it says, Dude, it's rude. Offer your seat. There you go. And I'm like, you know, why doesn't the train do that? Your boy um, won his fight, Tony. Uh, Tony Ballou. Yeah. Pretty boy Ricky Conlon, right? <laughs> Pretty Ricky Conlon. Pretty Ricky Conlon. Okay, that's what it was. Some uh, Creed fame. Makabu, whoever that guy is. And, uh, Ricky Burns beat... Uh, some guy named DeRocco. Shane Mosley lost, unfortunately, for anybody who was hoping he was making a huge comeback. Lost his fight. Nothing really else uh, spectacular about last weekend. Uh, we got Rances Bartholomew in action uh, June 3rd. Is that tomorrow night? Is that tonight? I don't even fucking know. I don't know. What is today? June 3rd? Or June 4th? No, it's June 2nd. June 2nd. June 2nd, okay. Bartholomew Bay is tomorrow night. I think that's on Spike TV. If I remember correctly. Uh, Orlando Salido fighting Fernando Vargas? Is that who it is? Did you watch any boxing last weekend, Tony? Um, I, I can't say that I did. Um, the only... They had some fights on Saturday night. Um, my dad watched them. He said they were okay, wasn't a spectacular, wasn't a spectacular show. 
Um, Saturday night, you guys are going to laugh at this as well. Um, Saturday during the day, they have a little Memorial Day parade up in Harleysville. And I generally go there and crash it. I show up in full outfit, and they ask me to walk in it. So I did. And Friday, before I did that, I didn't know the fellow who barely watched TV and woke up in the morning and said, I had the funniest dream. Grade school and high school emailed me asking me to do an appearance at a place he was bartending and judge some contest. So, boy, why, why would I ever dream something weird like that? And then I looked at my phone in the morning. I must have woke up in the middle of the race. I heard my phone buzz because it was my friend Ben emailing me at 3-something in the morning <laughs> to come to his place where he was doing a guest bartending for the Wounded Warriors and um, judge a contest. Well, we got it publicized so well that we had so many people show up with them of the contest. Mm. So that was my Saturday. I'm, do, I'm doing appearances now. I'm becoming popular. But so uh, I did not get to see any live fights. My dad did and said the card wasn't all that impressive. Alrighty then. So says Tony. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, uh, but we have... Um Joseph Illegally coming on the program at about uh, 9.15. Oh, about a little bit. Well, that means nothing to people who are listening to this on a recording. But, uh, yeah, about a half hour, 45 minutes. Uh, Rances Bartholomew is in action, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Friday, tomorrow night. Hollywood, Florida. He's 24-0. and had a controversial one over Arash Usmani. I believe uh, Usmani won. We had his promoter from um, one of the uh, people that are co-promoting this, I believe, uh, on the show. Uh, screaming Bartholomew won. But I thought uh, Usmani won that fight. Uh, never had a rematch yet. Uh, but Mickey Bay is the opponent this time. Mickey is 22-1. and one. This is for the IBF World Lightweight title. Main event on uh, Spike TV tomorrow night. I'm going to watch this one just because I, I have seen Bartholomew in action. He's one of those type of people. He's not quite as loud and uh, has his word like um, the Peterson brother there that yells bop when he punches people. But uh, he has that certain rhythm and he, he kind of... Uh, Yelps out sometimes when he throws punches. It's an interesting fighter. He's got a lot of power. You know, I've seen one kid just basically fold in front of him in, in Vegas after a few punches. Uh, he wasn't really on the main card for ESPN, but uh, that's where I actually got uh, one of those fights was where I got Teddy Atlas to do the interview with us. With me. He called like 700 times, and it was funny. My phone was almost up, but we got it done. Oh, man. Peeling ticks off me over here, up in New Hampshire. Like crazy. All right. Anyway, uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez is the co-main event against Alberto Guevara. He's 24-2 uh, and two is Guevara. Rodriguez is 14-0. It's for the get this <coughs> to... Latin Americans, it's for the Latino Bantamweight title and the Fed Latin Bantamweight title. WBC and WBA, respectively, there. 
Caleb Plant also on the card. He is 12 and 0. Vince Carlos Galvan, who is 12-4 and 1. Javonta Davis, 15 and 0 at lightweight, fighting Mario Macias Rorosco, who's 28 and 18. And uh, here's an interesting one: Steve Gaffard at cruiserweight, he's 13 and 2, fighting Samuel Miller, who's 31 and 14. Dia Davis also on the card, 23-4 and 1 at light heavyweight, fighting Leosve Maedo, who's 8 and 3. Saturday. What's going on Saturday, guys? Who's got the party? Who's having a party? I would have a party. I don't know what I would do for it, but I would have one. <laughs> Artur Beturbiev. He's only 9 0 at light heavyweight. He's fighting uh, Ezekiel Osvaldo. Osvaldo, yeah. Uh, you heard me right. Moderna, 23-2. and two, Light heavyweight. For the WBO International Light Heavyweight title and the WBA NABA Light Heavyweight title. And we got a couple undefeated fighters at welterweight. Bryant Parella, 13-0, fighting David Grayton, who's 14-0. This is up in uh, Montreal, by the way. Tony's going there this weekend. He's going to do the ringside report. <clears throat> Montreal. Oh, there's a record. Heavyweights in Germany. Uh, Adrian Granat, 12-0 heavyweight, fighting Saul Farah, who's 59-20-3. Cairo Moret also on the card. He's 28-3-1. Uh, Hey, you guys with me? Can you hear me now? Oops. Yeah, I can hear you. Here you're back. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's been fading. You've been fading out. Oh, sorry. Make sure all the connections are tight. All right. Let's see what else we got going on. We got uh, down in Mexico on Saturday, featherweight, vacant WBC, silver featherweight title. Christian Mijares, he's 53-8-2, fighting Andres Gutierrez, who's 34-0-1. It's a big fight, big uh, fight down there in Mexico. And will it be on TV here? I doubt it. Mexico Televisia. Tony's got that channel. He's got two channels, right, Tony? Can you hear me now? Do you read me? Tom. Are you there? Yeah, there we are. Yeah, you faded out again. Okay, Let's see what else we got. 
Francisco Vargas versus Orlando Salido. Vargas is 23-0-1. Salido is 43-13-3. That's for the WBC. Quite a crossroads right there. Um, because you got, you know, Vargas is the up-and-coming guy, and Salido's that cagey, rough veteran that, you know, is only good for a spoiler. Co main event there is Julian Ramirez, 16 0 at Featherweight, fighting Abraham Lopez, who's 20 0 1 at Featherweight. Somebody's O might have to go, unless it's a draw. Uh, Gabriel Rosado, also on the card, 22 9, fighting Antonio Gutierrez, 20 wins, 1 loss, 1 draw. Uh, the vacant WBC Youth World Lightweight titles on the line between Christian Gonzalez, who's 13 0 at Lightweight, and John J H O N Jamino, who is sixteen, no thirteen, six and one. Don't worry about me. I just can't read. No. <laughs> uh, and then we get into Sunday, so not a whole shitload of boxing action this weekend, but enough to uh, shake a stick at there. <laughs> Big fight uh, for mixed martial arts, of course, is UFC 199. Short notice, super, super short notice. Luke Rockhold will not be taking on Chris Weidman again. He's going to fight Michael Bisping. And a uh, little time to promote this one for the UFC, but uh, it's also got a co-anchor main event that uh, Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber have been itching to get at for many, many years. It was a long time ago before well, since they fought the first time so it was WEC was still in action so tells you how long ago that was <laughs> that's been out of business for years but uh, Dominic and Uriah fighting again Uriah old school veteran 33 and 8 Dominic uh, just came back from uh, you know just years and years of back and forth coming back getting injured coming back getting injured he is uh, 21 and 1 and just a beast in his last fight against uh, TJ to get the belt. Just unbelievable motion. And, um, he injured himself, too, there in the fight. So, I'll have to see how that affects him in the split. Uh, but Uriah, is, uh, he's got the chip on his shoulder. So, we'll have to really keep a close eye on uh, how he handles this. And this is his last hurrah, really. I mean, it's the last shot he's going to get, I think, at a title. You know, it, it's funny because this is billed as such a big grudge fight, but stylistically, it has all the potential of a snooze fest to me. I mean, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But it, it just seems like Uriah, back in the 2006 days, I first tumbled on him when he was uh, in the King of the Cage. And up until 2008, he was just unstoppable. The guy had no weakness. I mean, his, his stand-up was great. His submissions were so innovative. His wrestling was, was, was as good as it gets. And then it's just been, you know, he, he's always been close to the top, but there's just thought, there's that missing link somewhere. Can't really put my finger on it because he wins most of his fights, but he just can't seem to, to pull the big one off. And I think Dominic's going to be a, uh, just a nightmare-style match for him. But then again, Dominic doesn't fish too many folks either, so, you know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe it's going to be a real barn burner, but it just, I don't have a 
feeling it'll be all that interesting. I see Dominic going to a decision with it. What do you think about the British hero versus the American hero in the main event there, Rockhold versus Bisping? Um, Rockhold's a bad man. <laughs> he, <laughs> really, he really showed that as he dismantled life. So, uh, I, I, it, yeah, and it was almost funny in, in some of the buildup with all this trash talk because Bisping is right up at the, he's pretty much on the all-star team when it comes to that, that kind of, you know, that kind of annoyance is Rock, Rockhold said, you know, his fighting style is annoying, just like his personality is very annoying. Right. <laughs> and actually, Bisbing's, Bisbing's a pretty good guy, personally. He um, he had a connection with my jiu-jitsu academy out in Las Vegas, and when he came out in 2006, uh, he actually trained there before the New Year's Eve fight that he had where he fought Eric the Red Schaefer, and... Um, was able to survive on the ground against a really good jiu-jitsu guy and wound up uh, pulling off. But he, I can see how he just has that, that kind of grating personality that really irritates a lot of his opponents. So uh, I, I don't think he's going to get past Luke. Now, there's all this talk about sparring sessions, but I think all of us know that sometimes some guys maybe aren't quite as good in the gym. But then when the fight's on, it's a whole different story. And maybe that was just Rockhold. He just had a, a, a day off. But suppose we uh, told him a few years ago in a sparring session, but that ain't the real deal. Well, Bisping taking this fight on short notice uh, tells you one thing. He, he wants the money. He wants the big turnaround fight. And he wants a chance at a title. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to step in and save the event. He's a company guy, though. You know, he's in the pre-fight stuff already. He's got a good deal with Fox doing that stuff. Uh, so it makes sense. He's the guy to step in, but, um, sometimes you bite off more than you can chew without a full training camp, and, uh, he could look silly. I don't think he's gonna look Frank Mir silly in Frank's last fight, but, uh, I, I don't know. Luke has prepared for a top of a, top of a, uh, food chain, Chris Weedman, and he's gonna get an ill-prepared Michael Bisping. So, uh, you know, uh, Rockhold's yeah. kind of moving up the ladder on track. Read that he 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 really said that he he, he feels Weidman fights like an idiot. It's the exact word that he uses. He said he's um, slow, he's sloppy, stupid. He just comes straight forward, and he feels Bisping might be a, a whole different kind of challenge, and maybe even a little tougher than Weidman. How about that? <laughs> Holy shit. That's not a critique, if I have heard. Uh, we got Max Holloway also on this. Well, prize. that's uh, yeah, that, that's that's definitely going to fuel Weidman for the rematch. That's for sure. Yeah, Max Holloway's on this card against Ricardo Lamas. This is a good matchup. Max is fifteen and three. Lamas is sixteen and four. We got Dan Henderson, thirty-one and fourteen, fighting Hector Lombard, who's thirty-four, five and one. Battle of the 30s and over, <laughs> as far as wins. Uh, we got Dustin Poirier. Sorry, I interviewed him back, way back when MySpace was cool. He is uh, 19 and four, fighting Bobby Green, who is 23 and six. Clay Guida back in action, 32, 16, and 0. No ties. Brian Ortega is his opponent, 10 and 0, putting Clay Guida up against a stiff test there. Uh, Benil Dariush, 12-2, fighting James Vick, who's 9-0. Oh. 
Jessica Penne, 12 and 3, fighting Jessica Andrade, who's 13 and 5. Cole Miller, 21 and 9, fighting Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres, 11 and 8. Sean Strickland, also on the card, 17 and 1, fighting Tom Breeze, who's 10 and 0. Uh, Jonathan Wilson, 7 and 0, fighting Luis Henrique De Silva, who's 10 and 0. Uh, Kevin Casey, 9-4, fighting Elvis Mutapik, who is 15-4. And then the first fight of the night, uh, Dong Hyun Kim, 13-7-3, fighting Mar Marco Polo Reyes, 5-2. All right, you heard it here first. Tom made all his psychic predictions. That's it. Yep, I don't see any big surprise. Uh, of course, there's still talk about... Um, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. It's a big topic in the news. I can't shut it up now. Floyd Mayweather actually put out his own poster for this. The UFC is putting out today that they had a... Uh, they have a fight in mind that's not Diaz for McGregor. But they won't say what it is yet. So... We'll see if this happens. It's funny to me. It's very funny. Anyway. <clears throat> um, did you guys uh, see the wonderful video I shared with you about uh, the submission of the week? <laughs> yeah. Going viral in, in more ways than one. I did not get to see the video. I got to read um, the article on uh, one of my friends and sent it to me. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Okay, so, well, the sad thing is that's legal. So, the night before, I can eat a lot of garlic and cheese and uh, <laughs> get ready to get a head hold on somebody so I can let one go. And if they puke, hey, I win. <laughs> <laughs> now you know I, I, who is uh, declared the winner of that because the the one guy the threw up the guy that was uh, in the threw up I mean I, 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 I would assume that's that's like tapping out you can't go on right yeah I guess I mean there's nothing that's, uh, I guess nothing illegal about it you know <laughs> well, what a terrible thing to throw up, though. I mean, that's just a wall gun. I remember when Larry Holmes threw up. Um, who? When was that? You guys, remember? It was after. Was that? Uh, that was a, that was a, that was at the end of the Evander Holyfield fight. Right at the end of the twelfth round, he just projectile. But that was all water, you know. Oh, how horrible, though. I mean, that's just uh, that happened on a, a a tough man competition once, and. And uh, the guy was just so out of shape, just terribly out of shape. And he la only laughed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> screaming, no, don't do it, don't do it. And all of a sudden, just, oh, I mean, just like the exorcist. I mean, it was just awful. Boy, I'd be on suicide watch if that happened. So I would assume that this guy that that threw up would have to, that was it. He, he, he couldn't keep competing. I'll tell you, I was in a boxing match about nine years ago. I think it was the card that I went to before my first card with Fight News Unlimited. 
um, I think it was the car before that, because I don't think I caught one. But I, I was there, um, and <laughs> so I go to this fight card, and one of the opening fights of the night was this big heavyweight, and, you know, really a, a big guy, you know, kind of looked like um, Tiny Lister, uh, the guy that was um, in a couple movies, and he played Zeus, the professional wrestler, big scary looking guy maybe not that tall but built like that and oak tree is fighting this guy and i don't i don't remember the guy's name and four round fight and oak tree was starting to take it to him in the second and third round so from the fourth round oak tree's landing some body shots this guy turns away and throws up while he's in the middle of throwing up Oak Tree runs up to finish the show. He runs up and swings his big wild uppercut and slips in the vomit and falls in it. <laughs> and the best part about this, the best of the guy falling and slipping in the vomit and throwing up. That's one. And the second thing is, they brought a big, um, you know, mop in the ring. Mopped it up. And then, I couldn't believe that. Because anywhere I come from, basically, you cannot continue. You're vomiting in the ring. You cannot continue. This is not the John L. Sullivan days where they're feeding him whiskey between rounds. And between rounds, he's throwing it up and he's saying, Oh, keep giving me the whiskey. Stop giving me the water. It's the water I'm throwing up. You know, this is not those days. You're peaking between rounds, you know, on a 112-degree, you know, Ohio day. Um, uh, I couldn't believe they let that fight go on. Uh, well, they had a pretty interesting card uh, Sunday. Uh, UFC Fight Night 88, Almeida versus Garbrandt was the main event, and uh, the main event ended quickly. One guy stayed undefeated, and it uh, might not have been the guy you expected. 24-year-old yeah, that was Garbrandt. That was so impressive. That was so impressive. And, you know, he, he demonstrated great boxing skills there because if you notice with Almeida, he had great Muay Thai. But he didn't. If we ties left to its own devices, it's a little a little linear. And Garbrandt had that good side to side boxing movement. I mean, his head movement was great. Even though he was the shorter guy, he got inside, and just a great performance. Just backed up everything he said he would do. The other thing too, for 135 pounds, I mean, this guy hit with some force. I mean, Thomas Almeida was taking huge steps back under that punishment. Just could not deal with it. And uh, paid for it in the end, of course. Knockout. Uh, so that was the main event. Then we had uh, Jeremy Stevens took out uh, Heenan Barrow by unanimous decision. Uh, and guess what, folks? The entire card was a unanimous decision except for the preliminaries 
Uh, unanimous decisions, or uh, actually one split decision. Lorenz Larkin over uh, Jorge Masvidal. Rick Story beat Tarek Safadin by unanimous decision. Jeremy Stevens beat Renan Brown, I said. Uh, Chris Camozzi beat Vito Miranda by unanimous decision. Uh, Paul Felder beat Josh Berkman by unanimous decision. Sarah McMahon beat her buddy and training partner Jessica I by unanimous decision there. Uh, Abel Trujillo beat Jordan Rinaldi by unanimous decision. And then uh, finally we go to a knockout knee and body kick on the uh, preliminaries. Way down on the card. But yeah, it was uh, Tony. You would have liked to see uh, Cody's performance boxing. There's uh, some good left hooks there. You know, I love that. Able to heal beat uh, Jake Collier. Yeah, beat Alberto Emiliano Pereira by KO knee and body kick in the second round. Eric Koch beat Shane Campbell by rear naked choke. Second round, Brian Caraway beat Aljamain Sterling by split decision. And Adam Milstead beat Chris De La Roca. You know, you wonder if, if Hennon Burrell is ever really going to get back to that form uh, that he had. Oh, since uh, we didn't get last week's audio as well, uh, we never talked about um, uh, the heavyweight division. Talked about last week how uh, boxing, uh, David Hay now is going to fight uh, Shannon Briggs. They're finally going to get uh, worthy challengers, so to speak. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I think uh, David Hay will win that one, but you never know. Shannon the Cannon had another first round knockout in the uh, week. We didn't get on tape there. Uh, Klitschko is really psyched up for this rematch, from what I read. He yeah. just uh, said now he's just suff he's suffering. Uh, that's the word. He said he's, he's now suffering because he seemed to take the defeat in stride when it happened, but now he's thought it over, and he says he swears it's going to be different. Well, we'll see. And you have the feeling uh, Fury may have his number. Right. <clears throat> Tell me what. All right. Let's see if we can connect Joseph a little early. Hello? Joseph. Where the hell are you driving? Florida? You driving at the beach? <laughs> yeah. No. Right now I'm in Orlando, so I'm not, not by the beach right now. Oh. So, uh, we talked, actually, we talked to uh, your buddy. Phil LaGreco earlier today. I told you I was going to interview him. Oh, yeah. What, what, what's the word? What's the word? <laughs> His favorite punch, he says, is the left hook. I'll give you that much. Okay, we cool. Left hook. And uh, he, you'll hear that in the interview. But uh, he also said uh, a lot of good things, you know. He gives you, you know, a lot of respect. Yeah. He's not He's not looking past you, so... You know, he's got the right attitude about that. Pretty interesting interview, but <clears throat> you know, I I didn't tell him tell him we already interviewed you last week. This is take two. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you showing the video? <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah, I asked him what he knew about you. 
He had said, you know, he said, but actually, not not a little, but I've watched the tape. He says, I think I got the right strategy. So. You think you got the right strategy? That's what he says. I hope so. And uh, last time we talked to you, you talked about Mike Tyson, which is also a favorite of ours here at the show. We talk about Mike Tyson all the time. Tell us uh, a little bit about how he inspired you. Uh, yeah, he, he inspired me to, you know, to, to actually to box because uh, when I was young, I, I watched uh, Buster Douglas and uh, Mike Tyson fight, and um, it broke my heart. You know, he lost, but, <laughs> but you know, uh, it made me want to do the sport. Right. Awesome. Yeah, Mike Tyson uh, uh, was uh, had the HBO contract back then, so, you know, we, that was one f- channel we had on cable TV, so I watched yeah. every one of his HBO fights growing up. And uh, that was a shocker. I still got that on VHS somewhere. Buster Douglas. In Tokyo. Yeah. Big shocker. When we were talking last week, one of the things I always remember about that was um, going up on a ski trip. First time I ever skied in my life. I was 13 years old, and I was there with uh, you know, a friend of mine who was going to try to teach me how to ski, and another friend, and we went up, and our fathers were there. We were staying in the one cabin. And that night, we didn't have HBO, so we were just trying to stay up late to catch it on the sports on the local news station. And we were getting so tired, and we were sitting there falling asleep. My one friend said, you know, why are we even staying up? You know, Tyson knocked him out in 90 seconds. And we're like, yeah, he knocked him out in 90 seconds, and we went to bed. The next morning, his father woke us up and was like, Mike Tyson got knocked out. We're like, what? And we're driving home from the uh, mountain day. Oh, from the ski resort, and we're driving home. It's February, and it's all over the radio. Mike Tyson got knocked out, and that, that when I was away, I like I said last week, I had given my mom a VHS to record the fight for, and I'm figuring it's going to be one, maybe two rounds, and I didn't have a lot of space left on that tape. <laughs> and I figured they were going to start it right when the fight was starting. They did everything like the whole broadcast like that. You know, like a walk to the ring and a little bit of talking that all the guys do. And when I got home and my tape was rewound all the way to the beginning, I knew it ran out of tape. And everybody was getting real impatient with me as we're trying to fast forward to it. And they're like, we missed this knockout, you know, because you were too cheap to give a brand new tape. We're going to be very unhappy with you. Because this is back in the day before YouTube and before, you know, you had six six HBOs that would show the fight three and four times. It was basically one and done. And I was there very nervous as we were watching that. <laughs> but that's what we talked about that last week. And I, um, I know the part of the show didn't come out. I wanted to make sure I brought it back up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great memory. But I guess uh, for you, skiing begins begin to be bad luck, huh? Yeah. Did you hear me? What, what was the last part about bad luck? I, I, I guess skiing, skiing is bad luck. Going skiing is bad yeah. luck, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I almost broke my leg that day. I never skied again. <laughs> <laughs> my, my philosophy on life is I, I look at all these different sports. I played, I played American football for, you know, a couple of years when I was in high school. Bang my knee up, you know, all this and that. 
And then I never played baseball because when I was a little kid, I got hit in the mouth with a with a uncle threw me a, threw me a ball and he threw a little too fast and hit me right in the mouth. Yeah, curveball. That's ball. what I ain't right played. I would play tennis ball in the yard. <laughs> no baseball and soccer. That's the lead. Brain injuries because then people run up to hit the ball with their head. Yeah. In boxing, you're trying not to get hit in the head. Yeah. So I said, you know, I look at all sports. You know, they're all dangerous. That's why I say with boxing, it's the safest sport out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of mothers would, would uh, object to that, but but hey, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> uh, Joseph, tell us who, who's the toughest guy you ever fought. The best guy ever sparred. Toughest guy you ever um, fought. The best guy ever sparred. Uh, honestly, I, you know, I sparred a lot of good guys. Well, 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 I had to get a crown of Floyd. Floyd Mayweather, you know. Mm-hmm. Because he, he's a very slick guy. You know, I, lear- I learned a lot from him, you know. But uh, honestly, like, you know, the one who gave me the most trouble is uh, the kid, Erickson Lubin. And not, not just because he's my stable mate. The kid, he, the, he, the kid can fight. Yeah. He's, uh, he's very talented. Mm-hmm. So you were out at Floyd's gym sparring him? Yeah. Yeah, I was down. Uh, I sparred for the Guerrero fight when he fought Fernando Guerrero. Oh, nice. That was it for that. Uh, I think it was. Uh, well, he fought Guerrero. I sparred for that fight. So. Right. Yeah, actually, I was out there. Um, I was out there yeah. a long time. That's quite a, quite a thing when he has a press conference in that little gym. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They, very, they get very, the press very crush packed. around him. I took a picture of it from the, the ring apron of, of just all the press around him. Uh, it's yeah. amazing. That's pandemonium. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting character. Yeah, he's a good dude. I like I like what he did. He teaches you a lot. Yeah, well, he definitely has a tight gym. I mean, he takes care of it. He, he likes people around there. He knows, he knows everybody. He talks to everybody. Uh, one thing I was shocked about Floyd Mayweather's training is uh, he'll sip Mountain Dew as as he trains. <laughs> that, that's his water. He's that good. That's his water. So yeah, he's that good. Change. When you're that good, you can do whatever. You can make your own rules. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, what do you think about this matchup with uh, Phil? Um, yeah, I think it was a good matchup. You know, it's, 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 I need these, I need these type of fights. You know, um, I think he's a, you know he's a good game he's a good game guy. You know, good game fighter. Uh, you know. Um, he has a lot of experience. He's been there with, uh, with some of the best, best of the guys in the weight division. But, I mean, it's time for me to step up, and that's what I need. Right. All right. And uh, what, what do you think about working with the uh, PBC, Premier Boxing Champions, uh, set up here so far? Uh, I like them a lot. I like them a lot. You know, they show me a lot of love. You know, they came to the gym. And we did, you know, we did an interview for the fight and stuff. They showed me a lot of love, and um, you know, gave me good some good, good uh, cold water from Iceland, some fresh, <laughs> fresh, uh, fresh, uh, um, fresh water. You know, they gave me, you know. But and then, you know, when when I fought on TBC, my first fight, you know, um, you know, they liked me a lot, so um, I put on a good show, and so I, I like the whole crew. 
Uh, and Phil is aware he's coming to your backyard, too. He did mention something about that. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, he's, 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 he's from Canada. You know, I guess he's, he's going to be the new world warrior, you know, so. <laughs> We've had the road warrior on our show, actually, Glenn Johnson. He, he was a hell of an interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guy. He's down here for it, too. Um, and uh, what would you say is the thing you love most about the sport of boxing? Um, the, 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 the competitiveness, you know, um, because, you know, it's very competitive. And um, in the respect people have for one another in the sport, you know, with the fighters. You know, once you fight a fighter, once y'all fight, it's a lot of respect after that, so... Right. I can respect that. I, I like that because it's man to man, mano mano, mano mano. You know what I'm saying? No, uh, you know, and, and it's hand to hand combat. I can respect that more than anything. So, I like that about the sport. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's not only your opponents that respect you when you do boxing. It's uh, people that know you're you're a boxer. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't mess with that guy. He's a boxer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I got that. that a lot growing up. <laughs> so, in some ways, it helps you stay out of trouble, you know. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, and boxing teaches teach you, teach you you a lot, a lot, a lot of character, you know, because uh, you know, when I, me growing up, I was um, I kind of had like, a, you know, a little temper, temper problem, and uh, boxing helped me be calm, be more relaxed. Yeah. And so, you know, how how to react in certain situations. Yeah, I mean, my switch was uh, everybody had the your mama jokes, you know, growing up in the 80s. So <laughs> my my mom had died when I was young, so I used to flip out, you know. They'd, they'd be like, oh, your mother, and bam, I'd punch somebody. So I, I literally that's needed that's... boxing to stop doing that to people, <laughs> getting myself thrown yeah, out of school. That'll do it, that'll do it, bro. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, you know. Yeah, well, you know. But that'll do it, that, that'll, that'll definitely do it. Right. But you know, it teaches you how to, how to react and, and stay calm in certain situations because you know what you do to a person. So, and you know, you know, in boxing, you got to be calm with somebody punching on you and stuff, and you got to know how to react in a situation like that. So, you know, it helps you. Uh, it helps you. Helps you out all the way through life. You know. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tony talks about it a lot when he flips the switch <laughs> of uh, you know going on to. Uh, be, be ready for a fight and, you know, being a regular guy, you have to kind of uh, appreciate your power, number one. Mine first scared me. It, it just scared me to the point where I said, I need to channel this into something organized, and I got into amateur boxing, but um, it, it also can kind of uh, entertain you after a certain point. Hey, you know, I'm that good. I can, I can entertain myself with this boxing skill. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, for me, that flip, that switch doesn't flip until I get punched sometimes first. <laughs> yeah, whoa, hey, now I'm in a fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say, my, as soon as the hands got quick, my switch was on, you know. As soon as the hands got quick, the trunks went on, it's go time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can, I, I can respect that. <laughs> what, did he, what did he call it? His uh, phone booth. What, did, what is your phone booth moment there, Joseph? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, 
Um, I'm Clark, I'm Clark, you know, Clark Kent, you know, you know, uh, uh, Clark Kent turned turn into Superman, you know, and while I'm in camp, you know. Yeah. That was, that was the funny thing we were talking about last week. I was like, when do you turn from Clark Kent to Superman? Because that's the way I always I always felt it. It was like you become like a superhero version of yourself. You do things that a normal man cannot do, and you yeah. and you have to change your mindset. You know, you have to go in there and you have to sit there. A, a normal human being, a kind human being, a compassionate human being, does not want to sit there and take a, another person that's you know wounded or injured and basically finish them off. But in the boxing world, you do. It's the killer instinct. And when it's over, and that guy is, you know, the referee stops the fight, you, you've done your job, that's when you help them up, and that's when you embrace them because, you know, it's basically a person, a brother in your fraternity, that boxing fraternity. It's a strong bond. And it's and not just a, box, a brother in your fraternity, but a brother in life. Yeah, exactly. All right, now Tom's you know, going to do your fortune. Right, Tom? That's it. <laughs> Tom, you got a question? Putting you on the spot. Well, uh, Joseph, let me ask you, just for uh, cardio, uh, do you uh, prefer just to go out and do normal road work, you know, like boxers have been doing forever, but, you know, now there's so many different approaches, you know, and so many different options. Um, uh, what's your approach to your cardio? Because, you know... The car's out of gas. You're not going anywhere. It's most so important. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, you know, we. Hmm? I'm down half. I'm down half forty. You know, so the, the weather's always good. So you know, we do a lot of swimming, a lot of swimming, uh, sprints, and um, just you know, sometimes you know we do a, a, a long run. You know, but uh, a lot of swimming does it for, does it for us though. Yeah, that's I, I guess a total, total body thing, and it doesn't really pound your ankles and knees so much. Exactly, exactly. You know, you know, um, and, and, you know and, and, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, sometimes, you know, a lot of guys say some of it's just staying in the gym, just getting your sparring in, getting the bag work and the punch mitts. Just, uh, you know, that's such a big help, too, in addition to the running and the other cardio. Oh, yeah, definitely, because the spot, you know, it opens you up, you know. It lets you know um, when you're when you're um, when you're on, you know, because uh, you you definitely need spawn before a fight because uh, it, it gets your timing right, and you know it, it lets you know how many rounds you can really can go before the fight. Right. And and then I think a lot of it too is just your mental approach. If you can just stay calm, because you notice a yeah. lot of amateurs and guys starting off are so tense, and they come in and they just seem to just blow everything in the first round by the second round yeah. you're done and I think yeah. that just comes with experience too that it's like anything else the more you do it but um, you know I've just noticed from your record you've never really had cardio issues in the past so it uh, sounds like you're really ready for this one too so oh, yeah. I'm, 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 def I'm, de I'm definitely ready I'm, I'm definitely ready you know it's my time you know I feel like I'm overdue and it's my time so I'm um, getting I'm in my bed you know you know, uh, if you if you come down to me using my cardio, hey, that's no problem. But hey, if I can get in my early, more, more, you know, more, more, uh, more kudos to me. You know. Right. 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 
and, and I think that uh, it's it's just so important to have that mindset that if it if you can end it early, great. But if it goes well, you got a full tank of gas, you're ready to go. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, and I got a full arsenal, so there's no problem, man. I feel like I feel real good about this fight. Like I said, I feel like I'm overdue. It's my time now, so we're gonna get this working, and I'm gonna take care of my business. Now, what's the most important thing you do to get ready for a fight? Um, the most important thing, uh, really, uh, just, just basic training, you know, just shadow boxing, sharp, sharpening me up. And, um, just, you know, just staying grounded and staying, you know, close to my family, whatever. That, cause that, that does a lot for me, you know, mentally, because, like I said, boxing to me is 90% mental. Right. And, um, and, um, you know, just staying grounded with my family and people around me who, who, who love me, give me love. So that's that's the main thing for me. Uh, you know, everything else, everything else gonna come. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put the work in with the mouth. I'm gonna train in a gym, but I just need that that good love around me. You know, for my family. Right. And uh, how about role models, uh, either inside or outside uh, the ring, but uh, boxers and just uh, people in your family along the way who helped you out. Anybody that comes to mind? Um, um, well, my, you know, my, my amateur coach, my coach, my coach Gary, going to start me. He, he comes to mind. You know, he's a good guy. I mean, we all stay in contact. He's always, always on my side. <laughs> so, you know, I got to give, give up give up with him. I still stay in contact with my amateur coach, my first coach ever. That's cool. That's real cool. Uh, and who do you watch today, boxing? And, and uh, who do you keep track of? What do you got to watch fight when they fight? Uh, what do I watch right now? As of now, you know, I'm um, I'm watching it. You know, uh, I'm watching my weight class definitely. You know, like Earl Spence. You know, that boy. He's doing he's doing real good out there. You know, right. And um, I'm watching. You know, the kid. Like I said, the kid Eric's moving. My stablemate. Mm-hmm. He's doing. Really, he's looking really good. And um, it's pretty much those guys. You know, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman. Right. I'm watching those guys. Awesome. And what's your ultimate goal with all this, of course? Uh, my ultimate goal, you know, is to, uh, you know, um, get the world title, you know, because uh, I know that, that that's going to bring the money, you know. But ultimate goal is to get the world title so I can uh, cre- create a way to take care of my family for good, you know, and um, open open other businesses, venture out to other things, you know, that can bring in money for my family and keep us keep us tight, keep us going. Awesome. Uh, let's see if Psychic Tom is on his toes. Uh, what, what's uh, Joseph's favorite punch, Tom? I would say a uh, straight left. Oh. <laughs> he's either got a good memory hit on, or he's psychic. He hit on the head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's funny. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about being a southpaw in the boxing business, Joseph. Uh, how difficult has that been, or uh, have you just been always natural with it and, and you know, used it easily on your end? Uh, you said the business? Yeah, like, you know, how difficult is? What, what's it like being a southpaw in, in boxing? You know, do you get refused a lot of fights because nobody wants to fight a southpaw? Do you, do you have any issues because of it, uh, training with people? People just sometimes oh, yeah, get frustrated. Know, early, early in my career, you know, I, I had I had a lot of problems getting fight. You know, um, me being I was fighting at 140. You know, me being six six foot, you know, left handed. You know, it was hard to get fights and stuff. Right. So, but you know, um, 
but you know, as as I as I come along, you know, um, you know, my manager gonna get to get to get uh, you know, get things handled for me, you know, so I get to get the fights I need. All right. Uh, how do people find you online out there? I uh, I found Phil. He's on Facebook, but I guess I'm not friends with you yet on Facebook. Are you on Facebook out there, Joseph? Yes, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm at, I'm at Joseph Biggie Boy Illegally. That's oh, okay. that's Joseph Biggie Boy B I G G I Z I E. Yeah. D O I. Okay. Illegally. All right. I'll find you. I'll find you. I can't. I got. I can't be biased against you on Facebook. You know. I gotta have equal friendship here going into this fight. <laughs> yeah, and my, <laughs> yeah, you got to. <laughs> and my last name, my last name is spelled E L E. Yeah. G E L E. Spell it sad better than force. Right. Awesome. Uh, and uh, any final thoughts or any other place people can find you out there online? Uh, we can find you on, on Instagram at uh, Joseph underscore Illegale. Cool. And um, and Twitter, uh, Joseph Joseph Illegale. And what are you gonna do to Phil? I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna break Phil down. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna break Phil down, and we're gonna take care of his business, and move on to the next. You know, um, I need this fight. You know, um, you know, I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad he took the fight and had enough heart to come face you in my backyard. But uh, we got we got we got to do it to him. You know, we got to break him down. We got to beat this boy down. All right. That's what we're gonna do to him. I'm gonna watch it. We'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna. Oh, oh yeah. You trust that? That's my word. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you that. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was great reconnecting with you. Sorry we had to do it again, but uh, hey, that's what it takes. We gotta get this on on the record. <clears throat> on the record. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we got it. All, All right, right, Joseph. Best of luck. <laughs>